An incredible story coming out of Montreal as we meet the new face of Canada's first ever successful face transplant. And if you look at the picture, I mean, it's incredible to see the before and after of this man's face that was blown off uh, by a hunting rifle uh, seven years ago. And the before face of Maurice Desjardins had no nose, lips, teeth, no upper or lower jaw. So he basically had three holes in his face, and he could not eat properly. He was left drooling, suffered constant, constant pain, and had to have a hole cut in his throat to breathe. And no matter how they tried to fix it, you just couldn't. So he has been basically living in hiding for years. He's lost every his business. He didn't go out, and if he had to go out, he'd cover his face. I mean, that is a not a life. So he was told by doctors that really he had one choice, and it was a risky choice, and that was to try a face plant, a transplant. And it was a, a decision that comes with unbelievable risk. But that is where a doctor who is known as Boy Wonder came in, and together this surgeon, who is a very, very specialized plastic surgeon, and this patient would achieve a miraculous first in this country. It's an unbelievable story. Dr. Daniel Borsak joins me now. He is this plastic surgeon uh, in Montreal who has, I think, changed medical history in this country. He joins me now. Dr. Borsak, just a fascinating story and congratulations. Um, you seem to have pulled off a miracle here um, with this particular Maurice Desjardins. You gave him a second lease on life. How did this, um, how did you guys come together? Um, it came together because at our institution, um, we have a team of specialists who, who do facial reconstruction, ENT, maxillofacial surgeons, and myself. And our, my colleagues had met this patient years prior when he'd first come in with his accident in 2011. And he had come to see one of them, and they said, listen, we have no options. There's nothing else we really could do. Come see Daniel. And so I saw him in around 2014, end of 2014, beginning of 2015, to, uh, to evaluate, to see what, what was wrong and what we can do to improve them. And clearly, if you, when you look in the photos, the only true option to restore his face was a face transplant. Right, but that's not an overnight fix. I mean, clearly it no. took years and years. And I have to think for him, because he, he had, I mean, if you look at the pictures, which, you know, our, our listeners would have to, to get the pictures, there is nothing of his face. I mean, it was a devastating injury that he suffered. And you literally had to work for years and then hours right. to get this done. What's interesting, though, if you look at the photos, you'll note he's missing his nose and his lips and, and those features. But what you don't realize is that he's missing his upper jaw, his mm-hmm. lower jaw, his teeth, and the capacity to speak properly, eat properly, and breathe properly. So it's more, it's more than just the aesthetics, but it's also the function that he's missing is catastrophic. Right. Did you ever look at him and say, mm, I just don't think we can do it? Or were you, were you kind of going in with, uh, we're going to get this done and, you know, I, I believe that we can, you know, carry this off? You know, it's funny. So I, I put in a participant of one in 2012 in Baltimore, a face transplant. Mm-hmm. And, my, and, and when I came back to Montreal, the goal was always to, to establish a program where we could do what's called vascularized composite allo transplants, arm transplants, and face transplants, and, and transplants that are not your solid organ. So I had already been working on this program. So when I met Maurice, and you know, I mentioned to him that really the only true option would be a face transplant, he, him and his wife said, what does that mean? And I said, well, 
it means that y'all give you back a nose, lips, jaws, and, and you, you will resemble a normal-looking person. You'll never resemble yourself the way you were before, but you'll be a different version of yourself. Right. But, and, you, and they, yeah. but they both started crying. So they started bawling their eyes. And, and, and this is a normal occurrence. When you start giving people hope, they get, they get so excited. And I said, this is not going to be tomorrow. This might be in three years. It might be in five years. Who knows? But if you're, if you're interested then we get, we can start the process and they were so so motivated and that's what the, the story is is the hope that mm-hmm. they had is what really brought them through all this well because if you look at what he's been through he lost everything not just his face you know i would think he feels like he lost his dignity you know you can't eat properly you get looked at by everywhere his whole life was probably in hiding and yet these people stayed together because a she really loves her husband and b they felt that they could get through this but this is not like just sticking a face on someone else no someone had to unfortunately pass away for this to happen and then take me through just how um, delicate this was because it was not just a couple of hours. No, well, delicate in terms of the surgery, in terms of the donor. What, I guess what, both. I mean, you know, you, you when you're a donor, you, you don't at the end of the day have a say in, in who gets what. But I have to think for him, it must have been so emotional to get that call. Um, and then, of course, you have to jump into action because you don't have time to waste. That's right. So we had, you know, we've been practicing for so many years, our team, and our team encompassed over 100 people. And uh, all those phone calls had to be make one, made once, once we identified uh, a, a donor who was a, a phenomenal match and this incredible family who, who agreed to the donation. It's really amazing. And, um, and they're actually the true heroes of the story, is this family who agreed to give away their, to donate their organs for people that they don't know mm-hmm. for a research project, which is, you know, the first of its kind in the country. Mm-hmm. And they, they didn't even hesitate. So they're the real, the real story. But then... When we get the call, we had a whole process. I, I, you know, there's a whole spreadsheet algorithm, essentially, of who gets called when, and, mm. and all the, it's a ballet. Sure. It's all coordinated. And so we, we worked through that the way we had practiced so many times in the past, and it, you know, there were no issues. Well, I mean, you had nine surgeons, five anesthesiologists, 100 nurses, and a number of support staff in you. I mean, it, it is, that is such a well-orchestrated uh, performance that you all had to be ready as soon as that phone rang. I mean, that's almost a near impossible feat. Well, it's, you know, it's amazing. When you, when you give, first of all, when you have incredible teammates, nothing's impossible. And that's the other, you know, you, you surround yourself with these superstars, anything can happen. And so the idea was just to meet each one of those groups individually and, and discuss what their issues could be, what complications they could run into, and setting up the operating room, where are the bed's going to be. Simple questions like that. What type of anesthesia? How, like all of those discussions we've had for years prior. And so the team was so well-versed that when finally I, we got the call and I, I was able to tell them, okay, it's happening, it just... Everyone just sprung into action. It was really an incredible thing to see. No kidding. Well, look, it's it's 17 hours of prep surgery to get his face ready for the transplant. And then there's another surgery to put that face onto his, which I have to think you've got to keep the blood flow going. I mean, there's so many little uh, pieces Correct. and parts that it's, I mean, were you, were you nervous at any point? You know, I, I wasn't nervous because, again, when you have trust in who's around you, it, you're not nervous. I just, I just was, I was hopeful that Maurice was going to be happy at the end. That, that's really, for, for me, I wanted him and his wife to be happy. And so despite, I, I knew the surgery was going to go well. I had confidence that things were going to go on really well. We had an amazing donor family, amazing donor. 
And so I was sure that the surgery per se would be a success, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the patient will be happy. Right. And thankfully, him and his wife are just over the moon. You saw the face go on first. You saw that face come to life in the operating room. What was, I'm sure you had a feeling inside, but what was it like when you saw Maurice see himself for the first time? You know, I don't know, I'm not a religious person, but it is the closest thing you can get to, to a real spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's, you see someone seeing a new version of themselves and seeing, like you said at the beginning of the top of the show, that they, they, he's recognizing in real time that he, he's been given a second lease on life. I'm and so to excited. see that happen was just, you know, I, I, there's no words for it. And, and how is he? I mean, this was done back in May. I mean, does he love his new face? I mean, he, I don't know if he could have cried the day he saw it, because I don't know if those, you know, particular, uh, you know, if that has to start working again and, and if he has to rehab that. No, he but... cried. He cried. He cried that day. Oh, wow. He, he cried. His wife, we all cried. Oh, and it wasn't a dry eye in the place, that's for sure. The cameramen were crying. Everyone was crying. Security guard was crying. Um, no, he, uh, him and his wife are doing extremely well. They're, they have such a mental fortitude that they've just, you know, and it's not easy to learn how to walk again is not easy, but to learn how to smile, sure. to, to, to blow a kiss, to, to chew, all those things which we take for granted sometimes. It takes a lot of coordination to, 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 to figure out those little movements. And so they've been very patient. And he's doing incredibly well with his rehabilitation. And now, of course, there are a lot of risks, uh, rejection. I mean, there are a lot of, he's got to take a lot of medicine. He's got to, and and risky medicine. It's the same medicine that you take for a kidney, a kidney transplant. So it's, it's, the protocol is a pretty well-established immunosuppression or anti-rejection protocol. And so, you know, he's monitored very closely. One of the benefits, one of the upsides of the face versus a kidney or a liver or a heart is if you're starting to have a little bit of a rejection, you're going to see it. It turns a little red. Whereas a heart, you won't know. A, yeah. a kidney, that's very hard to know if there's are And so we see right away each week, if, if there's something a little off, we take a biopsy. You know, and he's doing very well, so there have no issues. But, but it, 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 there's an indicator right there. Is this a game changer in this country? I mean, it's the first of it, but this is not something that is funded, and it's obviously not going to be a very cheap thing. But does this now change, um, you know, this for the future? Is this providing more hope uh, that someone else will have access to this now that it's been done successfully? So so there's two things. So the cost and the hope side. So let's start with the hope side because that's more positive. Um, There aren't that many people who need or could benefit from a face transplant Mm -hmm. in this country, thankfully. I'm sure there's multiple dozens or even more. But what it really does is that it shows people that we were able to do the most extreme surgery that man has ever done. And we can restore someone from a pretty horrible state to a, a very normal one. And what it does is it, it gives hope, like you said, to everyone else. And there's millions of people suffering from facial deformities. It yeah. could be a small deformity they were born with, one that they acquired through a trauma, a car accident, or a tumor. And they have the same stress, anxiety feeling living in their house. They don't want to go outside. They get anxious about any type of social interaction. Those are the people that are going to get, hopefully, which are going to see that, you know what, maybe come see your specialist. You know, in Toronto, there's some Mm -hmm. phenomenal plastic surgeons who can really offer them the cutting-edge treatments that exist. And that's the idea, is to get people out and know that there are things that we can offer them in this country. You must have a very special relationship. I think that uh, you would have a very special relationship with the the Desjardins uh, moving forward. 
Yes, there. It's uh, like I explained to his wife, this is going to be uh, our, her second marriage. And his <laughs> second marriage is with me. Yeah. So uh, we've become quite close over the past uh, four years. Well, there's a. I guess this is the reason that they uh, dubbed you what the boy wonder. Uh, I don't know. I try not to read anything. <laughs> well, doctor, I'm fascinated with this, and uh, I I think you did a fabulous job. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. That is uh, Dr. Daniel Borsak. He uh, is the plastic surgeon I think everyone's going to be talking about for a very long time. I'd love to talk to this guy. I mean, I can only... Can you imagine what his life has been like and what it is going to be like? Now, I just think this is fascinating. Here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.